It is my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Hello, welcome to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast by Beach Commute. You've got Marissa here, and I am with a guest, which I am super excited about. So this is episode number two of our one-on-one coaching sessions. So we've got Fredria here. She's going by Freddie. We're getting we're getting casual here, but <laughs> she is a guest, just someone who listens to the show, joined our email list, and I had a call out to say I'd love to do some live coaching sessions with real people, just like you, just like our listeners of you know those people, like you have a dream to go remote, but you're feeling a little bit stuck. So I I'm a coach. I love coaching, and I'm so excited to share this with you today. So Fredria, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to be here. (laughs) So excited to. So quickly, if you could share first, where did you find us and how long have you been listening to the podcast? So I actually ran across you guys in an interview with. Amazing. So yeah. So my husband listened to, I spent money for him, a lot of his episodes and he was like, Hey, you know, you should start listening since we're like reconsidering moving abroad again. And I started listening and you guys happened to be one of his interviewees. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I need to know more (laughs) about Beach Commute and where these people, like where are they, they're going all over the place. Like, how are they doing this? Like, how is this happening? So that was our first introduction. Yes. (laughs) I love it. There's so many great resources out there that I, I just didn't, well, they didn't exist back when I started this life. So I love that this information is out here. And that's our goal is to share like, how do, how do you do this, right? Whatever your challenge is. So if you could share, so you sent a video in to, to share like what you wanted to talk about today and I immediately fell in love with your answers. So can you tell anyone listening kind of why, why you have a dream of becoming a digital nomad, what that means to you, and then what, what your sort of obstacles are so far? So I feel like As a, when I was younger, I mean, I loved learning about different cultures and wanting to travel abroad. And I didn't do a lot of that growing up. We mostly traveled domestically. We didn't really travel internationally. And I didn't do that until after high school, actually, and going into college. And the more I traveled, I felt like, you know, there are so many different things that we don't know because we're kind of like within these confines of our, (laughs) you know, where we grew up. It's like, it's familiar and... You know, it's like, oh, it's scary out there. You know, do you really want to go? You want to go outside of the country? And it's like, yes, like, of course, who would not want to go outside of the country? And Many I think, people, let just, me tell you. I know. And I think there's just a whole world that was out there. And I, you know, have yeah. all these books and different things. Like, I mean, I don't want to date myself, but encyclopedia <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, reading about all these different places. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, to see those things in person would be so much more visceral. And having children now, it's like, why not give that experience to them, seeing it firsthand, as opposed to just, you know, seeing it in books and magazines and, you know, different things like that. So that's kind of been my why is to just expose them to other cultures and, 
you know, getting them out of the United States and just seeing how other people live and just, you know, that's, yes. So I'm very passionate about doing that. And my kid, my six-year-old is very excited to go to other countries. He has a list actually of places he wants to go to. (laughs) He is my man. Where is on his list? Like how many countries are on his list? Where is on his list? I have to know. So far there's three. So Panama because we actually just got our permanent residency there. Well, we can talk about that later too. Amazing. Um, okay. And next is Colombia. He wants to go to okay. Colombia. And he wants to go to either Namibia or Tanzania because he wants to go on an African safari. Oh, my heart. I just got yes. back from Namibia. Well, not just. I was in Namibia for about a month, uh, maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago now. And it was spectacular. So if you end up going there, I've got all the tips. And it is Yay! a really special country. It's amazing. What a cool list. I think at six, I knew nothing of this. So I love this. I can't wait and to again, tell them. I, oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, you, I can't wait to like see your family pictures in Namibia. That's going to make my heart explode. But it's just so special when I heard your video of, of wanting to expose your children. You know, In addition to you have a love of, of travel, you have a six-year-old and an 18-month-old. And I, I believe that travel is just the best education anyone can have. You, you know, you learn so much and grow so much. And yeah, from the States, there's a lot going on there and a limited world. And um, I think it's just so beautiful to, to get beyond the walls, as you said. And if you could share, you don't have to share your age, but I know you're saying you don't want to date yourself. But there's a lot of people <laughs> who think, like, I love that you're doing this with kids and older. Like, give me the decade that you're in. Because so many people think, you know, it's for like 20-year-olds only. But just give me, give me a decade. I'll just tell you, I'll I'll be 43 this year. Beautiful. I love it. So anyone listening, you know, we've had people who are in their 50s plus, you know, it's, it is never too late to do this. And with kids, I think it's, you know, there's so many families. I'm in Copenhagen, Thailand right now, a little island. And there's so many families who have moved here with their kids. who are just like, we're, we're never leaving. Life is great here. So there's lots you can do. Okay. So this is a good background. Can you share the job you're currently in and sort of what you want to, what we talked about to cover today is in our coaching session. So I'm currently a forensic toxicologist and yes. I've worked in toxicology. My master's is in forensic science. That's kind of what my wheelhouse has been, if you will, uh, for many okay. years. So in thinking or venturing out to travel, I have not really wanted to continue on that path. I've actually kind of wanted to see what other options may be available to me working as a digital nomad. I kind of feel like there's something else out there that I could be doing to use my gifts and talents um, that I haven't yet discovered. So I kind of want to do that and kind of explore those options. So having a coach should be excellent because... (laughs) I think I can be kind of short-sighted in the possibilities because I haven't been out there to really yeah. know what you can do. So yeah. having an expert is always, I find, I seek experts in any situation where I have limited knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> you are amazing. I wish everyone in the world would do that. And I'm with you too. I'm like, if it's not my expertise, I want to find someone who can help me get there faster, who's been there and done that and helped other people. And there's, there's no, I think, I don't know, people must have kind of like a shame in asking for help. So I love that you are so open to this. And just for those of you listening, so 
within, I, I was curious before I was looking at remote forensic toxicologist jobs just to see, and there's tons of different, you know, I know exactly what you do can't be done because you do some in-person work, but there are different aspects. Like, had you come to me and said like, this is what I love to do. I want to keep doing it. There is no other option. I was like, we will find a way, right? So that is an option, but today will be fun because one of my favorite, favorite things to do with people is when someone comes to me and says like, you know what I'm doing, it's fine, it's good, but it's not like, it's just not it, right? Like there's something else out there, like you said, that uses your magic, your gifts, and there's a way to be paid for that and to do it remotely and to start from wherever you are today. So the coaching session that we're going to focus on today is to help Fadria say, okay, if we're just kind of starting from scratch and saying, if the world is my oyster and I want to get a remote job and travel with my family and use, you know, whether it's something I've kind of done before, but like, let's look at her, her skills, her interests, what I call her zone of genius. So what I do is I've actually asked her a couple of questions. There's, there's six questions I asked her before coming on just so we can really get the most out of this time together. So what we're going to do is sort of go through some of her answers for that. So you'll hear the live process of what this sounds like and see like what, what are the options? What would you really love to do? At the end of it, we'll say there's, there's always the mental fears on top of it, of what it takes to quit a job you've been doing for a while and start over. And you know, we'll, we'll get to that at the end. That's like part two, maybe for another session. But let's jump in. So the first question I asked you was really thinking about like, what is one of those or a couple of topics that you could, I say, read about for hours or if I was interested in the exact same thing, like what could you just chat with me for four hours about and never get tired? I don't know. Do you actually have your answers in front of you? I can share anything or maybe you remember them too. I I believe, I know, I know travel is one and then finances I think was the other one. Yes. I this is almost two, like a quiz of how two. well you know yourself. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I'm, I'm quizzing I'm quizzing you back. I'm like, are these your real answers? I'm just yes. joking. Yeah, I have them in front of me as well. So financial literacy and expat life outside of the US were the two. So could you tell me a little bit about both of those? Like what do you like talking about within those? What excites you? Like what feels fun about those? For the first one, for expat life outside of the US, hey, it's centered on just taking nuclear families, right? And allowing them to transverse the world and, you know, making the world your classroom. So yeah. I can talk about ways to, you know, raise kids in different communities and different areas of the world in different countries. And like, I wanted to have like pen pals when I was younger So where I would write to people in different places and connect with them. And I feel like that in today's world is possible just by physically being present with people. So I would love for my kids to grow up with having friends that are in Germany and, you know, Colombia and Finland and other, you know, in Asia. So in other countries and other on other continents that they can say, hey, yeah, you know, I know this person and, you know, can develop true relationships that way. And I think that that will only better serve them as they grow older and go into businesses for themselves or whatever they choose to do in life. But I think that making the world your community is something I can talk about and research. And and it's and I, I will say that it's been hard finding a lot of families that are doing that, or maybe they're more out there that I haven't come across yet, but it's yeah. been like kind of difficult to find that. 
So yeah, yeah that's something that I could research and go on talking about and figuring out for hours on end. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I always think like, you know, once now that I'm out in the world, I run into families all the time who are living this way, but they're not always the people who are trying to be seen or posting everywhere. And so when you're not living in the world, it can be hard to find it. So clearly there's a need out there that you we always often, you know, businesses or ideas are started because you're looking for something that doesn't exist. So even if it's sort of out there, clearly it's not easy to find or you would have found it already. So it's definitely a need, which is amazing. So that's number one. And then tell me about your love of financial literacy. What does that mean to you? And what do you enjoy talking about? So financial literacy is very, is near and dear to my heart because growing up, you know, most families like my own, it was, you know, save your money. You know, you want to make sure that you don't carry debts, you know, pay all your bills and save money. So that was kind of like, that was a thing. As long as you're doing that, you're a okay. But the missing aspect of that is how are you saving your money? So saving, yes, but investing was never really a part of the conversation. And so it's been one of my goals and I've done a few things outside of work where I've discussed financial literacy, talked about basically money for kids and how to teach them at a younger age, you know, how money works basically because, you know, kids and I, and I talk about this with my six-year-old because he sees me go shopping or, you know, go to the grocery store and he sees me use my debit card, but there is no way for him to equate what that card means as far as actual dollars. Right. And most kids don't have physical dollars to see that money going away. So I started with him, you know, with his allowance, you know, doing chores and understanding this is how much you've earned. And when you go to spend or to give, because that's a big part of what I want to teach with financial literacy is also about giving. So it's not just, you know, hoarding for yourself, but, you know, there's goes back to the sense of community and helping others. So he's learning that like when it leaves his little pouch, <laughs> like his leaves his little right. wallet, like Aww. that goes out. It's not a card, you know, you can't see it. So it has a different, yeah. different feel to it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like if you spent this that. money on this water bottle, that $10 is gone now. So you have to right. earn that money again. So that makes him think like, okay, well maybe next time I shouldn't buy a $10 water bottle. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you'll be amazed at what little kids can start to grasp with that. Wow. But I think that, you know, financial literacy is important from young, older. I mean, a lot of people right now don't feel like they can retire with dignity yeah. because they haven't been in positions where they could save like they wanted to and invest like they wanted to. And yeah. I think it's more important today because... A lot of pensions are going away. People are left on their own to try to figure out investing. Most companies may not offer a 401k. If you're doing freelance work, that's something that you have to be conscious of doing yourself. And a lot of people get very discouraged by it because they're not really sure what they're doing. So I think it's important for that. And I'm sorry, I could go on and on and on, but but that's the gist. Which is good. (laughs) That's the point of the question, right? And you can hear. So... For those of you listening, I just want to point out, we don't have time to, to ask you about forensic toxicology, but I would imagine your voice does not sound as excited and fast and talkative talking about that, right. am I wrong, as these two, right? Okay, cool. Right. So that's a sign right there. Like, that's why this is, this is honestly one of my all-time favorite questions to ask people because so many of us, I don't know, somewhere along the way got this message that work means we have to suffer, we have to be miserable, it has to be hard, we have to 
you know, I don't know, just dedicate our time and hustle and grunt through it. But why can't, who says we can't monetize the things that we just love so much? So for those of you listening, if you can hear Fredria's voice, like her excitement about talking about these two topics, that's what we're going for. I get goosebumps. So that means we're on the right track. I always tell my clients when I get goosebumps, that means it's like a real truth. So with that, these are so beautiful. I wish that I had learned all of this as a small child. I'm working on a lot of money mindset stuff now of things I just never learned. Like people don't know how to teach it or talk about it. Not, you know, not because they don't care. It's like for, that was just skipped. So with that, within these two topics of our, of our first question, getting lots of good information, I want to give you what I call, I've, I've sort of named the silver platter test. So imagine I come to you holding, you know, like when people bring out the meals and, and take the little silver like top off of each one. So I'm coming to you with those two options and I say, you can make as much money as you want, whatever that is, but you get to spend all day talking about on one silver platter, all things about expat life, about families and raising kids and making friends in different countries and what that means for their education and growth. So that's our, that's our behind door one. And behind door two, we have all things financial literacy. So imagine you wake up in the morning and you your time, your research, whatever we end up doing within this is is dedicated to helping kids kind of navigate financial literacy from a young age. So you can only choose one for the moment. Which of these two feels more exciting to you? That is a tough one. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm leaning towards option two. The financial yes. literacy for kids? I love it. I feel like we're playing Jeopardy. (laughs) Financial literacy for kids. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. This is progress. And again, don't worry. You're not, you're not held to this forever, but this is just kind of the exercise we're going through for now to see what we get to. So, okay. So far we've narrowed down just of those two, which are both great to financial literacy for kids. So the next one, the next question I ask you. So the first one is like what you could talk about research. Sometimes this will be the same. Sometimes it's a little bit different and yours kind of overlapped here. I said, what activities do you enjoy doing in your spare time? And your answers absolutely lined up to the first ones, which one was being able to travel more. So this remote job can ladder, you know, gives you that option. And the second mm-hmm. one was sharpening your stock trading skills. So <laughs> with that, like, so if you could imagine, we're going to have a, another silver platter test. If you could spend your days just doing stock trading. So that's option one. Like you wake up, you open your computer, you're stock trading from wherever you are in the world. You're, you're learning more about stocks, researching, taking courses, whatever that looks like. And option two goes back to you're really spending your days teaching children or, you know, whatever that looks like, we'll get to it, built somehow helping kids with financial literacy, which feels more exciting to you. This is kind of a conundrum because. (laughs) Yeah, share it out loud. Tell me why. I, I love like the idea of you know, me waking up in the morning and trading stocks because you, I, I can, I get a rush from that. But at the same time, okay. I feel like it's kind of selfish. Isn't the word, but it's like, I am doing that. It's exciting to me. I love learning about it, but I'm the only person benefiting. Does that make sense? Mm, so absolutely I does. feel yes. like Doing the lab, I think doing the financial literacy, but not just with kids also, but, you know, just young families and okay for young families. 
And I think, you know, the, the, the word geo arbitrage is something that's come up like quite a bit and our thought process of living and moving abroad and becoming financially independent and, you know, yeah. all these different things that are kind of correlating together. So I think that that would be what I would go for because I, okay. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, you know, trading stocks, like it that's cool. 100%. That's great. It makes money, but I feel like it's just me. It's not me reaching anyone. Yeah. Let me so. ask you a question. So a lot of the work and I tend to, I'm going to be a little bit sexist here for just a second. This is just what I've seen, but I don't mean it's exclusive to anyone. But a lot more women tend to tend to feel that way, myself included, of like what I'm doing. I want to, I want to help other people. And almost, I, I know I have felt this many times, feel a guilt when it's just like trying to have a high salary or mass wealth for myself versus helping oh. people, right? <laughs> I yes. hear that sigh. We could spend 10 <laughs> coaching sessions. <laughs> This is why I love coaching because like what seems so simple of like what we really want to be doing, and we'll get into this because it may be you actually really want to be doing the financial literacy things, but there's so much of the mind that we don't even realize is buried underneath. That's that's what's stopping us from doing these things. So I, man, money guilt is a big thing that oh. I still work through and I hear it in that like that, uh, like that heaviness <laughs> in you. So for, for those of you listening, coaching lesson, right? That's what this is all about to hear how you talk about just like your bubbliness of financial literacy and and like helping kids travel abroad and then just the the tone of your voice and the heaviness and and I'm an empath so I feel it personally in my body but when I feel that in you of the heaviness of the money guilt and 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 it makes sense as you talk about like wanting to help your child give back and do these things there's some heaviness there right so even if yeah. your dream job let's just say for a minute you would be the happiest in the world off day trading and amassing. Maybe you would make so much more money and then be able to build a pro hire people to help build a whole team to teach financial literacy, making this up for a second. And you might actually end up helping more people, but because you have this sort of mindset that trading stocks by myself is not good for anyone, but me and my family, and this would help everybody. It's just a story we have, right? My goodness. That is so, <laughs> so intuitive and so on the mark. I, yeah. 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 I don't know what that, what is that? Is that just, and then I don't know that, that nurturing like in us or something. I don't know. It's really, I, <laughs> I love this question and I feel like I could go on. This is like what I could talk about forever and ever and ever too. This is why I love, I love coaching, right? I love helping people figure this stuff out. And to answer your question, I don't fully know. And I, I don't think it's fully, I think it's my, my gut, my experience is that it's kind of half nurture, half nature. Mm -hmm. And I say that because my brother and I, so I have an older brother, he's two years older than me. Obviously we come from the same two parents raised in the same, in the same way, same school, all the things. And I have like the most intense money guilt of anyone. And it has been something that I've re like, I do coaching sessions on this for years, working through a lot of this stuff. And I talked to him about it and he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't understand. Like, why do you feel guilty? What? Like, what? Like, he, he can't even comprehend what I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying, right? And no judgment, right? Like, he, he has his own stuff. We all have our own stuff that's easy and hard. But somewhere along the way, I don't know if it's that I'm more empathic. And, like, he, we're, we're very different in that way of, you know, when I go and travel the world, 
I'm like, don't you see these people on the streets and how much they're hurting and this? And he's like, you know, don't you see this basketball team playing? Like, what are you talking about? You know? So I think part of us that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of wired differently from picking up people's emotions and I feel the pain of the world in a very different way than he does. And so, yeah, it's part, part nurture, part nature. I don't know, but it exists. And like I said, it exists a lot, not always, but a lot more in women. And then a lot more in people who are, in my experience, just sort of like empathic. And again, I I hear how you want to give back to the world. So back to what we're going again, that could be a whole nother topic in and of itself, (laughs) but maybe some listeners here can relate to it because it really does impact, you know, there's so many people who struggle of, you know, they're doing nonprofit work or struggling themselves, but care so much about helping others. But, you know, we can't pour from an empty cup. I'm going to get real, I love my cliche quotes. So <laughs> just for a second, play with me here. If I said we're, we're pulling back our silver platter again, re-asking the same question where you've got the financial literacy, you know, for, for young families and stock trading. If I said the end result equally, I get goosebumps here, equally helps you know, all the families in the world, everyone you want to help, whether it's with financial literacy or giving back to whatever the community, whichever path you choose, the same results happen for everyone else, which feels just more fun. Like if you think about just yourself day to day, again, it helps people in all the same way. What feels more fun for you to spend your time on during the day? Hmm. I think I would still say putting together programs for families and the stock trading would be kind of like, I won't say a hobby, but I feel like it could be the, the means that makes that possible. Yeah. Um, to be able to fund that. But I think the, the passion would be more so into developing those programs. Love it. That's awesome. And and I love that you're looking at that, right? Like one, each one can fuel the other. It's not to say that you can't do both in some sort of ways, but just again, for, for the essence of this coaching session, just kind of drilling down and picking like, what's, what's the kind of career choice. And then, yeah, of course, you know, so many people with, with all sorts of careers are doing stock trading in, the, in their own time and that sort of thing. But some people love it so much that it's all they want to do. So, okay. We're making good progress here and we're definitely identifying so, you know, I always tell people it's like the mindset is what holds us back and, you know, all of that money stuff we've identified. I'm sure there's some more subconscious things in there, right? It, it all yeah. plays like who would have thought the money guilt played into your choice of becoming a digital nomad, right? <laughs> <I know. laughs> but it does, but it does. This is amazing. Okay, so on to the next question here, and this makes sense with, with your love of helping people. I said, what type of, whether it's a, a type of person or a specific cause, do you love helping? Do you remember your answer here? Yes. I know there are, I know I've probably said marginalized men, women, and children, <clears throat> young families. Yes. Yeah. Those that may not have access to, you know, information and mm-hmm. resources. So yeah. Amazing. And so with this, if you could imagine, so we're going to play another silver platter test where we've got on one side, you spend your days creating programs or working in some sort of way that ultimately leads to helping uh, families with young families with financial literacy or, and they're kind of related in my opinion, or, but separately, 
helping marginalized women and children. And just pretend for a second that you make the same salary, like there's no difference there, just kind of how you spend your time, which feels, and, and not to say that, you know, you, you can make a ton of money doing one and, and still donating or helping to one or the other, right? But mm-hmm. which feels most, ex- so everyone still gets help, Fridria, I promise, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know how this goes. I've been in your shoes. I know, I know how, I know how this goes because I am you too. Everybody still gets help. There's so for whichever one you choose, someone else equally as as wonderful does the other one. Which one? Okay. Which one feels more exciting? If we're splitting tasks, do you enjoy day to day? So. What were the options? I'm sorry. So, <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> I know. We got lost in the money guilds. Programs helping families with financial literacy or like helping young families understand finances or helping marginalized women, like supporting marginalized women and children in some sort of way. And again, think about this. They, they all get helped. But if you're like, okay, I'm waking up and I'm spending four hours, I'm going to open up my laptop and I'm going to work on some sort of program or research or talking about financial literacy for families or researching, you know, marginalized women and children and how we could help them. Again, everybody gets helped, but like which topic everyone just kind of has innately. And I know this is like a hard one because it's like, we want to help both, but which one just feels more fun? Like if you were to spend your time researching it, which feels more fun? The first, like doing the programs for young families. All right. We've got a winner here. So yeah. All right. So those are the first questions that I like to think a lot of people sometimes get confused with our skill sets, what we're good at doing with the topic that we want to be helping. Right. So this to me is like whether whether you are starting something yourself or working for an existing company, what you want to be searching for in terms of the mission of the company is ultimately helping people help helping families, helping young families understand financial literacy. Right. So Mm -hmm. now we're going to talk about your role within that specifically. So the next question that I started with, where when you, when you think about skills that you've acquired over the years, so that could be through jobs, through volunteer, through formal education, or just online courses or things you've, you know, researched, learned, podcasts, whatever that is, what are some skills that, and if you want me to just read these to you, or if you remember either way that you have acquired over the years? Yeah, I I wish I could remember. So I I, I probably put analyzing, investigating, because those are like, I think those are my major attributes of things I've done employment-wise. Planning is also one. But yes, or I don't, did I list those? (laughs) I know, I love it. It's it's actually kind of fun to see like what your answers are the second time around. Yeah. So you said strong analytical and communication skills, ability to plan and execute. So as you were talking just now, yeah, I love that. Would be analyzing, investigating, planning. Those are some great skills, especially for what you're talking about here. And then the next question, we'll kind of put them together, is that I I love this question for people, which is what do other people tell you you're good at? And before you answer or we share what you've said, the reason I love this question is because a lot of times the question of, you know, what we've learned through our previous jobs or current job or through our education isn't necessarily what we enjoy. It might be like I was in college and someone said being an engineer was a safe path. So I learned that. And then I went and got all these engineering skills and maybe I hate it. Right. 
So they're not always in line. So what I love to say is, what do other people tell you you're good at? And they're often sort of what I call softer skills. So I'm going to read these back to you because I, I think you did a good, I won't make you remember these because there's a couple of really good ones. But what you said is empathetic, which I forgot you had answered, which makes, I think my 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 hunch with money guilt is just empaths, <laughs> but <Yeah>. empathetic, <laughs> relational, <laughs> good communicator, persuasive, and driven. Any, if you, I say like, do you want to just add any color there about like, what that means to you in, in your life or in jobs that you've done. How have those skills served you? I feel like for the soft skill, you know, sometimes it's harder for me to see those things that other people see. So yeah. I, you know, I, I've asked those questions of like, what do you think that I'm good at? What do you find or what do you see yeah. or observe whenever we interact or things that we talk about or things like that? And I think it comes out because I feel like I've done most things that other people wouldn't do, or they feel mm-hmm. like there's no way I could do that. There's no way I could pack up and move like a thousand miles away from my family for grad school and not know anyone and just start like no, you know, you're in school, no job. Like, how do you make that work? The same yeah. thing with how do you just pack up and move to another country? You're going where? Like, why <laughs> would you do that? So yeah. I think that's kind of been a theme in my life <laughs> Yeah. of like, hey, you know, why not? So I think even the roles that I've had have been kind of, I was the youngest in my grad school program. There's a lot of things that I feel like I've had to have those skills yeah. in order to be successful. So um, yeah, I don't know. Amazing. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm the question. No, it's good. <laughs> to me, that makes sense of, of why you're able to even dream about nomad life, right? Because so many people, like when you say you're, it's something you're like, I don't know, I just, I have something and I go out and I do it even, even if it's scary, even if there's a lot of obstacles, right? And that's what holds right. so many people back from not becoming a nomad, even though it's a dream because I, you know, our, our goal on this podcast is to share, you know, it's not just some fluffy, airy thing that we're like, you know, just, just wave your wand and, and go do it. Like it takes dedication. It takes overcoming a little obstacles and mental obstacles and, you know, actual physical obstacles, moving stuff, yes. you know, whatever it is. So that, that person, that driven sort of soft skill that you have is, is so important here. The other ones I want to ask you about, we, one is being a good communicator. And so I think a lot of people who are empaths the way you are and being relational was another word you use. So to me, those kind of go together in those soft skills that when I think I, I have those as well. And when I think about, you know, when I was raised going through school and college, you know, it's like we talk about analyzing and planning or, or, you know, numbers or whatever it is, right? No one says like, oh, you're, you're an empath, you understand people, like, let's talk about what those careers mean. It just, it just wasn't talked about. But that's how I became a coach, right? right? That's why I didn't know this was a job. No one told me that until I accidentally stumbled upon it almost, you know, when I kind of started traveling. So, with that, if you if we're going to have a little silver platter test again, and it doesn't mean you, you won't use all different skills in some sort of ways, but if I could say, all right, Fredria, you are going to spend your day, it all, and it all ladders up to the financial planning, so just, but, but how you actually spend your time during those days, you can either spend it analyzing, investing, kind of planning programs, putting together, you know, kind of like think about what that might mean. Or you can use your skills of communicating with people, being empathetic, kind of relating to families, understanding people. 
and probably it will, or it might be some sort of combination, but if you had to choose between those, those two sets, which feels just more fun for your day? I think the relational communication aspect of it with being able to have these discussions and ask questions that most people won't ask, or they are, most people have not been asked the question what what financial goals do you have? Like, what does your future look like? What do you want your future to look like? Yeah. So I don't, you know, people don't usually get asked that question. And so yeah. it causes them to have to reflect and think like, what do I want my future to look like? Yeah. You know, what do I want to be able to have for my children, my children's children? You know, how do I want to be able to spend my time? You know, time yeah. is very important. We don't have a yeah. lot of it. So... <laughs> Yeah, I love it. And, you know, having financial independence can free up a lot of time to do the things that you truly are passionate about. But I think that that's that aspect of it would be what would. Amazing. Be more, that excites yeah. you most. Yeah. yeah. And when I asked one of my last questions, and I love this one as well, is what do you lose track of time doing? You had some travel stuff in there, which I'm going to ignore for the moment because we've kind of siphoned off like there there's sort of two paths you could have taken we went with this one but one of those you said you know you completely lose track of time when you're developing a financial game plan for someone does that relate so as you think about those two skills above first the kind of analytical planning and then your relational communication are both of those involved in that financial game plan for someone or does that really just mean asking the questions communicating what's involved when you lose track of time there I think is I lose track of time just allowing people to, I mean, asking those questions and allowing them to dream, yeah. like putting those plans together. I can't do any of those plans without knowing what you're dreaming about. What is it that yeah. you want to accomplish? So I think that's probably the most exciting part. I will lose track of time just listening to people talk about, you know, what they want to accomplish Amazing. and helping them solve these, you know, issues because they don't feel like they can. I'm like, how do we get across these barriers? What are their obstacles? How do we remove these obstacles? So that's kind of that aspect of it, I think is probably the most exciting. (laughs) And I actually didn't ask you this from the beginning. When you think about your next career move, are you open to entrepreneurship or is that out of your comfort zone and you're really just looking to be an employee doing some sort of work remote? Of course, the safe answer is like, <laughs> I would like to be an employee, but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I know that it takes a special individual to be an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. I, and anything that I've thought of doing is my very much entrepreneurial mindset to pursue. I, I, it's just a fear because I have not been an entrepreneur in the past. So <laughs> yeah. I think that that's the only, that's the only caveat is like, I haven't done it. So it's like, I would love to be able to do that. And it's scary because, you know, you're dependent on you. It's all you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All you to make it happen. Absolutely. And it's so, oh my gosh, the the mindset of an entrepreneur, when we talk about money, money guilt was a big part of that for me doing something new, you know, all of it. There's, there's so much mindset involved, which I never really understood before jumping. I kind of jumped in with blissful ignorance when I was younger. And so I was like, wow, I, I knew nothing, <laughs> but I made it happen. I had a lot of corporate experience and I, I was one of those people who was just like, I don't know, I'll figure it out. And I really underestimated the just the mindset of it all. And, and so as you're saying, 
it sounds great, but yeah, it's something you, you, it's, it's new territory. You haven't done it. And just hearing you and the go-getter that you are in terms of what you said of being driven and the youngest person, you know, in your program and being willing to travel the world. I, I know you have it in you, right? But it's something you have to decide as well. So that again is like, there's, when, when I do coaching, I, do, I work with people for, for kind of a package of sessions because there's, there's different things to deal with, right? The first part is like, all right, let's just discover what we're doing today. There's the money guilt. There's the part of like entrepreneurship versus employee. And if you choose it, I hear that it sounds exciting. There's tons of fears that come up. So to talk through like really what's the right choice. And you you said, you know, you mentioned a husband. So not everybody has that, but it might be that he has a stable job and it does allow you to do that, right? So that would be a topic for another call. But just for the purposes of today, again, this is, I, I could talk for hours and hours and hours with everyone. This is my zone of genius. This is what I, I get excited and love to do. So I could go off on tangents, but for this, really our goal today was just to say like, what's that ideal career? So whether it would be starting something entrepreneurial for you or finding a company that does it, let's just pretend for a second we're going to do it through a company. Know that this does like, this would take some more time for us to figure it out together. But just for the moment, if I were just to help you with the next steps, let's say you wanted to even start out doing it for someone else, you know, as you build something on your own, even what I would do is, is Google programs that are, you know, financial literacy for families, financial literacy for children, see what is out there already, because there's probably a bunch of companies doing this in some sort of way. And then start to see, like, who are the people working at these companies? What sort of jobs are they doing? And I think that you would be qualified in so many ways to do so many different jobs, whether it was actually being, you know, maybe they have the leads and you're the one who takes those families and actually walks them through it and helps them put together a plan. Or maybe maybe you're doing some sort of communication and outreach to help people understand that they need it. Or I don't know if you like writing, maybe you're writing blog posts for this company to help them be found on SEO, like while you're traveling, right? There's so Mm -hmm. many different things within it. But as I think about just sort of the generalities of what we went through today, right? The steps was one, let's figure out what's, what's the mission, whether it's your company or someone else's, and that's financial literacy for families. And then when we, when we think about what do you want to be doing as a career, it's really t- like actually in there communicating with those families, asking them the questions, helping them to understand, you know, what's their current situation? What would they like it to be? What do they, how do you help them figure out this game plan? So it's, it's simple for me to come in and just be like, all right, there you go. Right. There's a lot of logistics <laughs> to say, okay, well, how do I make money doing this? How much do I get paid? Is that different than what I get paid today? And I've never done this before. And you know, what are the next steps to do this if I don't yet have a background, you know, officially doing this, right? So there's lots of questions that come up and and I put those out there because I don't want to leave anyone to believe that it's, you know, I, I know it's not that simple, but as a first step, if we were to say you're leaving forensic toxicologists, if anyone's listening, you probably forgot that that was ever even something that Fadria did, right? But that's a whole topic in and of itself of of leaving that. So with that said, there's a lot of follow-up questions that are important in coaching to to then look at the real realities of what's happening. So this this is step one, and I don't want anyone to think that this is where it necessarily ends, right? There's the next parts of, yeah, all those all those questions we just answered. So it's it it gives you a big answer of like in our fairy tale world, what would you be doing? 
And then the important next steps are adding on the realities of, of life, right? How much money do you actually be, you know, need to bring in yourself for your kids, for your family while you travel? Does it need to be the same amount you have today or can it be less because you're, you're going to be living in countries where maybe it's, it's less expensive or maybe you can be renting out your home and making some income there to offset it, right? There's lots of things to look at. And then there's the mental part of it's really scary to leave a career that you've been doing for so many years and that you have a master's degree or, you know, all of this stuff. There's the money guilt, right? There's, there's, there's so many layers of it. But today, our first goal was really in our dream world before we, I mean, this is absolutely a possibility. I'll just say that. Like, I, I feel super excited that you could find a job doing this remotely, you know, as you travel with your family. But just as this sort of part one of coaching, what are your thoughts as, or, and your feelings? How do you feel from the start of the call to what we've just worked through? And how do you feel now? I feel like I have a lot more clarity. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's helped me really because, you know, it's you think about all these different things that you could possibly do. It's like, oh, I like doing this. I like doing this. But yeah you know, setting it up the way that you did and asking those questions and then bringing in the money guilt thing. It's like, <laughs> so hit home. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, this yeah. is like, why do I do this? Why do I have that barrier where I feel like yeah. I can't be, you know, successful financially unless I'm di- is directly connected to helping someone, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's a really helped me explore that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it is a lot of <laughs> mindset work that I need to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I do have a lot more clarity. I really, and I really appreciate that too, because I have more direction actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. And with all of this, I always say action leads to clarity, right? So before you've ever done this, it's like, maybe this sounds like the best thing in the world and you do this as a job for six months and you're like, you know what? I actually hate this. I want to blog about my family traveling and teach people about that. And like, that's okay too, right? The point is with all of it, it's important to, to get that clarity and have the courage to take the next step. So for you, the next step would be start to research those companies that exist that are doing it already. And if the easy win for you is like before starting anything, or maybe you, you know, it could be another session, but whether it's, it's, it, you know, if, if you were my client at the moment, I would, I would, before I sent you out researching, I would say, let's decide of, do you want to go the entrepreneurial route or do you want to do this, you know, working for a company and whichever that would be, if it's working for a company, I would say, go research, go Google, look on LinkedIn, look at blog posts, look at what articles are written about companies doing this, find out the types of roles and, and what feels exciting to you to do for one of these existing companies. And if it was your own stuff, I would say it really sounds like you would want to find clients who you can help build out these plans or build group coaching programs or find grants or people where you could get paid to, you know, give talks remotely to communities, right? There's there's so many different options and so many different ways to monetize things, which is another, you know, part of my specialty is saying, how can, how can we do this remotely? So those would be sort of the next steps. And then, like you said, it's all of the all of the mental barriers that that come along with all of that as well. But I love that. Yeah, that, that you have that clarity to me. That is that is one of the gifts that I have. That's what I love to help people with. And then, you know, my, my second my part two gift is like working through the mindset with it, because to me, uh, I was talking with someone here in Thailand today who's actually here. He had a an injury 
and just left to kind of come to Thailand and heal. And he's like, I, I want to do a remote job, but like, I don't even know where to start. Right. And I, I say, I can help anyone figure that out in like an hour. The hard part is the <laughs> mindset stuff that comes along with it. So thank you for joining today. Any last questions, thoughts, concerns, anything you want to share here on the podcast before we close out? No, I just, I'm so thankful to have this opportunity because it's really, really opened my mind to possibilities. I knew some of these things are possible, but it actually makes sense now that hearing it from someone who works with clients that do this all the time. So (laughs) I'm not crazy. We can do this. So you can, (laughs) and that's what I, that's what I told the, the, the guy I was talking to today. We're at the gym. I was like, step one is you have to believe it's possible. Right. Right. And I think you sort of came into the call knowing knowing that to some extent, right? Or, you, you know, you wouldn't be listening to these podcasts. You right. wouldn't have come on this call. So I know you've got it in you there, but but actually cementing that, like there's still is some doubt of like, I, I think this is possible, but what would I do? How would I do it? Am I crazy, right? These are all the mindset questions. So I'm glad that just even in this call is helpful. And it becomes so much, it, it's hard to explain like, I honestly forget that anyone doesn't live as a digital nomad because I'm so surrounded by, you know, my whole world is, is friends and people and this island that I'm living on in Thailand right now, like everyone is a nomad here. It's like, it's, it's strange if you're not. So it's so helpful. But before you're in that, you feel like the crazy one thinking it's possible. So I'm here to tell you it is. It's possible. You can do this. And in in an ideal world, you now know what that career would be. That's a little bit different than what you've been doing. And there's a whole set of obstacles that comes with leaving the safe, secure job and what you know and all of that. So that's, that's the mindset work as well. But it was such an honor to talk to you today and to work through this with you. So I thank you for sharing vulnerably and going through this process with me. And I hope if you're listening to this, that Fredria is a great inspiration and that you can hear your own story within her in some ways as well. And I'll put I'll put a link in the bottom of this podcast for anyone listening. If you want to come on the show and do a live coaching session, I'm sure I'll kind of do these from time to time. So I'll put a link for you to apply. And otherwise, check out beachcommute.com slash 91 if you're interested in seeing a list of 91 jobs that real people in our community are actually doing to get some inspiration there. And we hope to, hopefully, Vadria, I'm going to wait to see that picture of you and your kids <laughs> and your husband in Namibia after I've given you all of the all of the advice because there's a lot to plan for that country of that's just so fun so i can't wait to to see your pictures abroad soon thank you so much thanks for having me (laughs) all right that is a wrap on this episode thank you so much for listening if you'd love to travel the world while working remotely and making an income, check out beachcommute.com slash 91. It's a document where we share 91 actual job titles from real digital nomads in our community so you can get some inspiration and see what remote jobs might be out there for you as well. We can't wait for you to start traveling the world too, and we'll see you in our episode next week. Have a great day.